Coming to you from the breakfast taco capital of the world, it's the most unique hour of sports talk streaming worldwide. Worldwide. And beyond. And beyond. Live from the Alamo City, it's the Two Shots Podcast, hosted by Joe Garcia. All right, welcome to another episode of the Two Shots Podcast. I'm your host, Joe Garcia, and I'm going to be joined by my usual cast of co-hosts and usual suspects here. We're going to start with the one and only Benjamin Bornstein. What up, Joe? So how's it going, Ben? How you been doing, man? You got all clean shaven just for the show and everything. Just just for you guys. That's how much I care about you. Right. Uh, yeah, couldn't couldn't stand the scraggle. Had to go. Uh, you know, at some point it gets too itchy, but uh, I'm itching to talk about the Bryn Forbes trade. Oh, there you go. I like that pun. You're all about the puns, like man. I'm here for it. Yeah. So, Wesley, uh, you're actually joining us as well, and you're our other co-host for this show. So, Wesley, how's it going? Do you? F- I finally hear that you do have heat now in your house. Hey, it's the little things in life, gentlemen. I mean, come on. That's why I'm the opposite of Ben. I am embracing the horror. It's no shave January. I am just going full scraggle with my gray hairs, and uh, I will itch them gladly. But no, I'm doing well. Uh, it's good to, good to be on with you guys, as always, and uh, excited to talk sports. Yeah, I'm excited to talk sports as well, but I, have, I need to get a haircut, man. I can't stand this. My hair's grown out quite a bit already, so I don't know if everybody can see now on the camera. But I do need to go and get a get a haircut, man. I can't stand this no more. It's got to go. You know, I want to get a, a shave like like Ben's over here, you know? Nice and trim and short. Got to worry about it. Just wake up in the morning and you're ready to go, you know? For what it's worth, I feel aerodynamic. There you go. Yeah, it makes you more aerodynamic. You don't got to deal with this mop that I have on the top of my damn head, you know? So, so Ben, does that mean that you're getting ready to be like a speed skater since we're getting to the Olympics right? here soon? Absolutely you got not. got the aerodynamic look there? Okay. <laughs> no. No. So let's go ahead and Just, get into it. And you don't want to see that. So let's go ahead and get into it. Let's talk about the news of the hour, which is going to be the Bryn Forbes trade. You know, the San Antonio Spurs were involved in a three-way uh, trade that involved the Denver Nuggets and also the Boston Celtics. So what did the Spurs get in return for one Bryn Forbes? Well, they got Juancho Hernan Gomez, a stretch four that has been acquired from the Denver Nuggets. We sent them Bryn Forbes. And the Nuggets were also gracious enough to go ahead and send us a a second round pick and this is where it gets humorous it's a second round pick but it's not going to happen until 2028 and not only <laughs> is it a second round pick in 2028 it's a protected pick we can only get picks maybe anywhere that fall anywhere between 31 all the way down to 33 i mean <laughs> it's ridiculous dude wow. three picks Ooh. yeah 31 <laughs> through 33 and they also <laughs> We also, uh, well, well, the San Antonio Spurs, not us, but the San Antonio Spurs also acquired $2.35 million total from, you know, in in the trade. But they got $2.15 million from the Boston Celtics, and I believe the Denver Nuggets fitted the bill for the rest of that. So they got some cash for Bryn, not a bad, you know, not a bad trade at all. Um, And now they they acquired the uh, contract of one Juancho, you love the name, Juancho, Hernan Gomez, he's not a uh, his can his full, his contract isn't fully guaranteed for next season. So if the Spurs just wanted to get a stretch four to kind of have insurance in case 
injuries, you know, happen to the team or we get stricken with COVID again, they have an insurance policy there. You know, they got somebody who can kind of fill that stretch, the stretch four position for the San Antonio Spurs. But with him not, you know, his contract not being fully guaranteed, they can always let him go. And I believe they take but about $7 million off the books. So not bad, you know. All in all, good job for the Spurs. It was a smart trade. Not a sexy one, but a smart one. So, Ben, what do you think about this trade? Were you in favor of it? Yeah, it's it probably needed to happen. And I know that Coach Pop has already said that Primo is going to continue to play in the G League and go on assignment there. But I honestly do think that this opens up some minutes for him at the NBA level. And we we may see more of him on the court, but at the very least, it's going to open up some minutes for Trey Jones as well. If Primo really is going to stay in the G league and you don't have as much of a backlog or a back or a you know, log jam rather in your front court or your back court, rather, sorry, Ooh, all the words getting confused. English is hard folks, but you don't have as many guards. <laughs> the rotation is clear and you picked up a stretch four in case you need some extra help there. So, I think it's a good trade. Yeah, I thought it was a, a good, like I said, it was a smart trade, not a sexy trade. <laughs> you know, I know Spurs fans were thinking that they were going to get something big. You know, hey, they're going to trade away Yaka Portal or Drew Eubanks or they're going to get rid of somebody else. You know, package in Thaddeus Young and something miraculous was going to happen and they were going to get a big name. That Honestly, the chances of that happening are very, very slim. Uh, I think you would have to agree with that too, right, Ben? Yes, uh, very much so. They, There are some people saying that the Spurs have now opened themselves up for a chance to trade for more things before the trade deadline, which is not wrong. I just don't see them doing that because they're the Spurs. And frankly, this the fact that this trade even happened was a minor miracle since the Spurs basically don't ever trade before the deadline. And how dare they do a trade when everybody's getting ready for bed and almost getting ready to go to sleep. Those the sons audacity. of the bitches. Those sons of bitches did it on purpose. <laughs> Incredible. They made everybody say, what? They got a notification right around, what, 9, 30, 10 o'clock? They're like, what? What happened? A trade happened? Brent Forbes, let me get out of bed. You know? But, Wesley, what did you think about the Brent Forbes trade? Well, the last time we were on together, guys, we were talking about the uh, direction of the Spurs and whatnot, and I and I I had said, man, Bryn Forbes was your best free agent acquisition, um, just because he's done exactly what he's supposed to do. He came in and shot the three ball well, and um, I thought I actually thought you know, and all all things equal, I I thought that uh, he played better this time around in San Antonio than he had previously. Uh, maybe the experience up in Milwaukee helped him a little bit. You know, still he was never going to be a defender. And if I'm just being real. I think it has more. I think Ben, you know, Joe, you're probably both onto that uh, same idea. It has more to do with the crowded room and of guards. Uh, I I do. It, this is just my personal opinion, but I do think that some of this has to do with the fact that you're seeing Dejounte shoot the three a lot better. Um, you're starting to see Keldon become more consistent with a three point ball. Um, you're starting to see Derek White get his range again. Um, Dougie McBuckets is playing pretty well, hitting some good good quality threes. So I just I kind of feel like at this point they're not going to be high volume three point shooting and if anything right now if the Spurs really want to make a run at the play in situation which they're not going to get there but if they're going to do that I think you need to have uh, more defensive minded um, 
aspirations. And if you can do that while you still get a guy who's a stretch four and Hernan Gomez, I think that obviously fits the bill there um, a little bit more. I do think, though, and, and to, kind of to the point, I was going to bring that up about Primo. I, I, you know, at some point, and, and I get it, I get what the G League is for. I get what the Spurs have done with the G League for many years. I know what their MO um, but, you know, you're at a time right now when you're, what, eight games away from the worst record in the league, and Spurs are never going to tank on purpose. But you're eight games out from the worst record in the league, and you're sitting, like, with the top six, top seven pick right now. Um, what does it hurt? What does it hurt to give that that kid some some great minutes, uh, give him more minutes, and, and, you know, put him more into the rotations? Because as much as you're going to get minutes and, and good time and get your wind up in the G League, you're going to benefit more from going with the A squad and going against the better competition. So, you know, I, I hope that that's the case. I hope that it, it means more time for Primo. I think he deserves that opportunity. He's shown enough in his ability as a, as a youngster to, to, to garner that. Um, you know, but yeah, are, I don't know if the Spurs are done or not. You know, that was the one thing I was thinking about all day as we were getting ready for this was, uh, you know, the Spurs are, I mean, they're the, the the biggest puzzle anybody could try to figure out. Who knows? I mean, they could they could go next, and Thad Young could be on his way out, and you might see Hernan Gomez package with that again, or you might see him get waived, or you know whatever the case may be. And kind of the forgotten part of this, and I was talking to Joe a little bit about this off camera, Ben, is you know Zach Collins is just come off of IR. He's in the G League right now. You know he's stating at least in his own part on his social media that he thinks he's has he has one more game in the G League, and then. Maybe he's going to get the call up to try to go into the to the A squad. So, you know, that, where does Hernan Gomez fit with that, especially? And now you've got a, a bit of a crowded, you know, uh, front court situation. Exactly. So just curious. Crowded being relative term in yeah. this case, because there are some guys who probably shouldn't be there. And right. I think Juancho Arden Gomez is a guy who is purely an insurance policy. I think they're going to waive him after the season's over yeah. and avoid his $7 million cap hit and free up an open roster spot as well. This That's purely for, I think he's purely for injury stuff and they had to take on another guy to, you know, get the three team trade to go through. So I don't, I I don't see him as a long-term fit on this team. He might play spot minutes here and there, but um, Zach Collins clearly didn't get the memo about having, uh, get, you know, giving out the Spurs secrets, telling people he's got one more G League game and then he thinks he's going to play because, uh, <laughs> you know, they're generally tight-lipped about these things. So Zach Collins, I, I don't know if that's him having a lot of confidence in where he is after his injury or if it's just, yeah, I was told that, and so I'm going to relay that too. Maybe he's but, speaking it into existence, Ben. There's nothing wrong with that, man. You, if you got to speak these things into existence, and I get it, I'm here for that, and I want to see Zach Collins play. So let's ride. Um, yeah, he's the, he's the missing link in this team right now, right? He's, he's it's going to change everything. Yeah, he's the he's the he wild is, card. He's he the is a link. I don't know if he, it's going to be fun to watch. He's missing. I mean, we know exactly where he is, but. He's he's got one more game on Friday with the G League Spurs, and then assuming that his vision that he has spoken into existence comes true, and he is available for the NBA Spurs in their next game after Friday, I'd be curious to see if Pop throws him any minutes just to see, hey, yeah. 
we got you back from assignment. You look good on your G League assignments in your, in your two or two games or whatever. Let's see what you're going to do in an NBA game. Let's let's see if you can give us a little extra something. Let's go. Yeah, because at the stretch four, you have on the Spurs roster currently, you have Doug McDermott, you have Thaddeus Young, Devontae Kaycock, you have now Juancho Hernan Gomez, and respectively Zach Collins when he returns uh, with the team. I mean, there's what are you going to do with the minutes? You know, you have a lot of a lot of players here at that stretch four. And I know Poppy's only going to go with a, a certain rotation. You know, he's going to have some insurance policies out there as well in case something happens or, again, stream, the, the team gets stricken with COVID. So exactly as you all had stated, Hernan, Juancho Hernan Gomez is more of an insurance policy. More than likely, he will not see hardly any minutes, maybe five, maybe a minute here and there, you know, in garbage time or to end a quarter, you know, or end a first half if he wants to give one of his stretch fours a, a rest. But Honestly, he's not going to be out there for a shit ton of minutes. You know, that's not going to happen. Well, and I, Joe, I, I wouldn't put it past him to get waved again. I, and I just say that because, you know, Kaycock, for instance, he's tearing it up in the G League, man. He, I mean, I know it's the G League. I'll, I'll settle down a little bit. Settle down, Wes. But, you know, it's like what, four straight double doubles for the guy. He's, he's, he's doing really well. He showed flashes in the Spurs, you know, uniform too. I mean, so who who knows? I mean. That's why I was saying, Ben, I, you know, it's not really crowded because it's just kind of the guys that after Pirtle, you go, maybe you, maybe, maybe you. But, it, you know, it is it is nice to have something to choose from. I just I kind of feel like it's at the end of the day, maybe he's just expendable or he gets packaged with, you know, a Thad Young and, and be a sweetener for somebody. Yeah, if you're going to looking for if the Spurs are going to even entertain any ideas of trading Thad Young, which I think they should. I mean, at the most, what you're going to wind up getting for him are probably going to be second round picks, which is not a bad thing. You know, again, you want picks, but hopefully if you get those picks, you're going to be able to utilize them in this upcoming draft. You know, we don't know if the same scenario will play and say, we're going to give you a couple picks, but you can't use them till 2027 or 2026. It'll be like, okay, you know, at least you got something for the guy versus having to buy him out. And that's the biggest fear that I have is that they're going to go ahead and retain. They're going to, you know, Thaddeus Young, they're going to hang on to him And at the end of the day, they're just going to say, you know what? We're just going to buy him out and let him go somewhere else. How is that helping you in the long run? That's just asinine. Especially with the amount of interest that teams reportedly have in him. You could get better assets. You know, you could have gotten a better caliber of player for Thaddeus Young, maybe than Juancho Hernan Gomez, you know, or you could have gotten some picks out of the deal and maybe some cash back or something. Who knows? You know, if you're if you're the Spurs and you're looking for. You're looking for a guy who, I don't know, maybe is a little disgruntled with his team currently, and uh, he he and his team have agreed that he needs to trade out. He's an older guy. If he doesn't mind being a locker room guy and getting spot minutes, which he might because that's kind of the reason he wants out, but Paul Millsap and the Nets seem to be at an impasse, and the Nets could probably use a guy like Thad Young Potential for trade there, perhaps, maybe. Uh, not saying I'm hearing anything, but that's just what my gut is telling me to look at, just in case. Uh, Millsap for Thad Young, and maybe the Nets throw in a pick there to sweeten the deal, since Paul Millsap is definitely older than Thad Young, and not by just a year. So, <laughs> <laughs> trying to trying to be nice, Joe. I'm trying to be nice, but. You know, I think that might be a possibility if if you don't 
because if you just if you're the Spurs, you just cannot hold on to Thad Young and, like you said, buy him out and let him go somewhere. That is that was a complete waste of the signing in the first place. Then you have to if you're not going to use him or make him happy by playing him, you have to get something in return for a trade. Doesn't matter if it's very little; you have to get something. Yeah, so I go back to it. it, It's not the Spurs' way, and and, you know, and I, I wish that it was, but God dang it, you you know, you've had. I mean, even LMA. I mean, let's. I mean, just. I mean, think back to that for a second. You know, I mean, I know he's a. You know, you're doing the gentlemanly thing. You want him to go to a place where he's going to be happy and all that. And you know, Damari Carroll was another one who was very disgruntled all the time. Didn't want to be really be with Spurs, and Spurs obviously didn't want him very much because they sat him on the bench and he didn't see the the court except for garbage minutes. Um, you know, and, and even, even DeRozan to some extent, now they did end up doing, making a trade, but, uh, yeah, guys, I don't know. I, I, it's so hard to figure out what I, I'm no GM and there's a reason why they get money and I don't, but it's, it's hard to figure why you would have some people sit and earn money, you know, but we've, we've seen it with the Spurs too often. Yeah. So we'll see what happens, you know, as the trade deadline draws near because we we're coming up against the. NBA All-Star Game. So it's just mere weeks away. And today, you know, well, not today, but tomorrow, which is going to be Friday. We're recording. Full disclosure is Thursday. You know, Thursday evening here. We're recording this episode. Friday, that's when all voting closes for voting for the NBA All-Star Game. DeJounte Murray, what are his chances that he winds up getting in? You know, I know Spurs fans keep on retweeting. I do my best part about retweeting as well. Maybe, you know, hoping that the kid maybe gets gets a nod, you know, to come in and play for the NBA All-Star uh, game, you know. So he might not get voted in by the fans because that's not a, a scenario that's likely to happen. You've seen... Because the fans are morons. Yeah, you've seen what's been happening there. It's a popularity contest. Mm. And not only that, but, you know, DeJounte, unfortunately, is playing in a small market here. Not a lot of exposure to add insult to injury. He's balling out, and the Spurs have a horrid record. You know, currently they're they're way below what everybody else is doing right now in the Western Conference. Um, Meanwhile, the Lakers are below five hundred, but they're probably going to have three guys on the on the All Star roster because fans don't care that Russell Westbrook has been garbage this year and that Anthony Davis is hurt half the time. Yeah, it is what it but is. But here we are. Head. This yep. we're NBA fans, so we get to make all of these decisions that, by the way, can affect players' salaries. Yeah. That's the part that drives me nuts. The Lakers currently are eighth in the West. The Spurs currently are twelfth. Uh, they're still a game behind uh, the lowly Kings. The Kings have the eleventh spot. So <sighs> the Spurs can keep on winning. They can move up and maybe keep on flirting with that play-in game. But they Wish need to they do would. better. You know. And the thing is too, like uh, I believe it was Coach Pop after the game, he had said, you know, he he doesn't really suspect that you know Dejounte will get into the NBA All Star game. It's because of the Spurs record. You know. Does he deserve to get in there? Of course. You know, look at what he's been doing. Triple-double that he had. And this, I believe that was his eighth triple-double of, of the season. I mean, he's kind of flirting with the David Robinson record right now for most triple-doubles, I believe, in a season. You know, if he can get a couple more, he's going to be up there with 5-0, you know? So that just to sh- that goes to show you how well DeJounte is playing uh, this season. You know, and not only that, but you look at other dynamics of his game. You know, his ability to actually make better decisions with the ball, you know, his rebounding ability, you know, as everything that he's been able to do out there on the court is, is really coming to light. Now he's put a lot of things together, even his jumper, 
He has a very fluid jumper. It's it's an elite jumper. It looks really good. You know, the release, the arc, everything. You know, the mechanics of what he's doing with that jumper. It's just amazing to see this season, you know. So kudos to DeJounte. I hope the kid gets a nod, but we'll start with you, Wesley. What do you think the chances of that actually happening are going to be? Well, Joe, to uh, quote our fandom, it has about as much chance as the Dallas Cowboys winning the Super Bowl. No, my. Yikes. Which is, as of this point, nothing. Um, yeah, I I, I I get it, too. And I, and I understand. And, Joe, I would cite – and, Ben, I would cite the same thing that Joe was saying just a moment ago. I mean, you're playing on a team that has a, has a terrible record. Uh, and, unfortunately, fans are – you know, they, they like the popular names, and that's just what they're going to go with. You know, when the, when the ultimate opportunity for coaches and things to have a say comes about, I still don't think that that's – going to happen in his favor and and mostly just because it comes down to i i think paying your dues a bit i i think that's a little bit wrong you're, you're not going to hear me you think that's right ben but i mean i think part <laughs> of that is just that's the way people think you know he's 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 bursting on the seams now and people are like oh that's great you're having a good season go prove it again um i i will say this and this is going to sound this is going to sound a little scandalous and i i don't want to go Oh, here we go. Scandalous Wesley Perkins. The triple-double sometimes can get to be a stat that is a little less meaningful than we think it should be. Yeah. I don't think it is in Don in DeJounte's court, and, and I'll tell you why. But to start with, like you just mentioned Russell Westbrook. You know, the guy is a triple-double machine. But he and, and Harden both, who also has a lot of high-volume um, triple-doubles, they have the ball in their hand constantly. They are literally – the the person with the ball, you know, seventy five percent of the time. Well, they, on, yeah, their usage team. rate is probably somewhere above thirty percent. Amen. So I think in this case, it is something. It, it's hard to say. Well, you know, Dejounte's triple doubles mean more, but they do. I mean, if, if you know, Joe, you're kind of documenting his his release and his jump shot. I, I think what really is, is stood apart for Dejounte this year is he's up in the league leaders in steals. He, he always has been. He's a good defender. Um, an on, on-ball defender especially, um, his three-point ball has improved dramatically. He can score at all three levels at will right now, which is really look in the NBA and find another player right now that's doing that on a consistent basis. Uh, it's, it's very few and far between. And I think that part of it is why I think, does he deserve an all-star nod? You're damn right he does. He deserves it and then some. He won't get it. And it, it's because exactly what you said, it's, you know, small market, it's a record. And I just think that when you're on a team like the Spurs right now that have a bunch of young guys, everybody that plays them goes, well, that's nice. You're doing that. And you're, somebody has to score for the Spurs. Somebody has to do well for the Spurs because it's, it's a team and, um, he's not getting enough exposure. And if I'm being real and, and this is, I'm calling you out, San Antonio Spurs fans, um, the empty arenas don't help. And when you see the empty arenas right now, that means people aren't voting. That means people don't have much care for what's going on. And quite frankly, the, the, the arenas have been very empty lately. And um, I, I'm not you know, super shocked when we see those lists of players come out on these updates and it's not a Spurs player. Um, we, we can say that for a variety of reasons. I know a lot of that's not having a direction for this team right now. But uh, I think that hurts DeJounte quite a bit. Yeah, so... Ben, I know you want to reiterate on, on some of the comments that Wesley has made. So go at it, sir. Let us know what your thoughts are on DeJounte making the NBA All-Star game. 
If he's going to make it, it's going to be as a reserve because he's a coach's decision. Again, I say this every single year, so I'm going to try and keep this as short and as sweet as possible. Fans are morons. Fans should the the decision for NBA players to be put in the All-Star game should not be left to fans. They should have zero say. If you want to have a popularity contest and say, "Oh, this player was, you know, this All-Star was the most voted on player," fine. Hand them a trophy for that, who cares? They can have that. But to let the fans decide who plays in these games is absolutely asinine to me. There are there are a ton of clauses and there are a lot of um the, you know there are there's a lot of language and contracts for these players that say if you make an all-star game or if you make two all-star games or three all, whatever you know however many all-star games over the course of this contract you know you get bumps in salary pay you get bonuses and for fans who do not watch every single player who do not watch every single game and frankly, who don't even watch all of their own team's games is absolutely ridiculous to allow them to make these kinds of decisions. This should be in the hands of coaches. It should be in the hands of media members who are watching these games. And again, if you want to have a popularity contest with fans to get your social engagement, that's fine. But this is not the stuff that should decide who makes all-star games because then you get a guy like DeJounte Murray not making an all-star game despite the fact that he is playing better than your favorite point guard right now. I said it. The only guy who might be playing better than him right now is John Morant, and he is having a phenomenal season, so I am not going to take anything away from him. He deserves to be an all-star without a doubt in my mind. But there are guys who are just not having as good a season as DeJounte Murray, and fans don't understand that. So, yeah. again, I'm calling out all fans. They're all morons. We hate all of you. Uh, come at me, bro. All of you are the worst. Watch your games. Watch other people's games. And have appreciation for people who aren't – for players who are not on your team. That's all. Yeah. I think I the voting to, needs to be I, I make think it. part of it is you have – the all-star voting is a lot of young fans right now. It, it's, oh, yeah. you know, the NBA has always wanted to involve the younger fan and, 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 be, and to begin with. And so you have a, a lot of young fans that are voting. And I think part of that is the all-star experience got ruined the day they started having team captains. The day you, you went away <laughs> from having the West versus the East and just doing things that way. And if you would have made that mean something, like what the, like what the, the Major League does, you know, Major League Baseball does, but instead, you made it more of a popularity contest by doing that. And I, I just – I don't mean to say this in, in this respect because I want him to get that, that, that honor. But I don't really care. I just – I don't think the all-star experience in the NBA right now is worth a flip. So that's just me. Valid point. Yeah. Well, it's, it's a, a moral victory for Spurs fans. Listen, in, in this I season. stopped – here's the deal. I stopped watching the all-star game after 2016 – when Aaron Gordon was robbed of a dunk contest win. Oh yeah. And then again in 2018 when they yep. when they after he would, he didn't appreciate what happened and they tried to bring him back and he should have won that one too and he got robbed. He got robbed twice because he plays for Orlando. And because Dwayne Wade was a judge for a year where a Miami Heat player was in the dunk contest. The NBA is not is is transparent. Like they're they're not fooling anybody. 
That's what it comes down to. You guys are not fooling anybody. There's no Illuminati nonsense going on here. The NBA is just dumb sometimes. And that's all it is. Yeah. I mean, the voting needs to change, too. You know, the way that they Agreed. vote. You know, it needs it to be more of the players and the media pushing for certain players to get in based on the accolades and, and based on stats. And, you know, it can even be based on player, you know, not player record, but team records. You know, right now it's just a popularity contest and the fans are voting players in that are were clearly still injured like Clay Thompson and just barely started playing again with the Golden State Warriors just a few weeks ago. You know, so it's it shows you the dynamic of how asinine the voting can be. So that changes do need to be made. And hopefully they'll be coming sooner rather than later. But again, that falls under. And that's another thing, too. Silverman, the, the commissioner, he gets to go ahead and vote in. Let's say if a player gets injured, he has a say in who, who's going to take their place, you know? And how does that get determined other than, okay, he's injured. Uh, let me, I like this guy. Let me go ahead and get this guy in there. I mean, for what it's worth, Silver has probably watched more basketball than anybody else. He would. He yeah, would if you're, know. If you're the coaches and you're deciding the rest of your reserves. Why wouldn't the coaches get that that point? No, you're, you're right. You know? That's what I'm saying. It. Yeah, it's like it just falls under one guy. Okay, Silver, you got to go up and go ahead and make the call. Okay, I like this guy. Let's get him in. I think there also was- what what might be better than voting people voting players in for the All Star game, voting on superlatives. Who mm-hmm. who's had the best dunk so far in the season? Who's had who you know who's who's had the best crossover like who dropped a guy you know who has the best broken ankles play who has who has the best like combination of those two like he broke a guy's ankles and then dunked on a guy you know what that's the stuff you should have those are kind of like you should be having those kinds of social media awards for stuff like that rather than allowing fans to vote for people to be in the all-star game i agree i think that would go over very well <laughs> so why not project spurs do that or us do that. Hey, there we go. We got a thought there. So something to think about. Good on Come you, on, ben. Michael. Get it together. Good on you, Ben. <laughs> so let's go ahead and talk a little bit about what happened against the San Antonio Spurs and the Oklahoma City Thunder. That game was a game that the Spurs clearly needed to win. You know, and on paper, they should have won that game, and they did. You know, final score, 118 to 96. Amazing how the Spurs looked really good when they had a full squad, you know, finally, everybody's healthy. They had everybody playing together, I think, for the first time in a long time. And, yeah, they're playing against a bad team, you know, Oklahoma City. And I I was just waiting for the argument to come up right after the Spurs won. Was this actually a Spurs victory, or was this just OKC pulling a tank job? You know, I was waiting for some disgruntled Spurs fan to say that. I'm like... to say it's not both. Yeah, I was like, hey, at this point, the win is a win. I'm going to take it. You know, and I'm going to roll with it. So you liked everything you saw, the effort out of the team last night. You know, they did play at a high level. DeJounte Murray put in a triple-double. You know, he had 19 points. He had 14, I believe, 14 assists, and he had 10 rebounds. You know, he was followed by, what was it? Let's see. He was followed, actually, by Doug McDermott, who put in 20 points. And he was amazing from beyond the art. He was six of nine. He shot 66.7% from the three. Good for him, you know? So Keldon Johnson had 13 points. Yaka Portal, our center, had 13 points. Derek White had 11. 
and Devin Vassell. I love me some Devin Vassell, Ben. 19 points. Young man's coming along nicely here. Derek White was plus 33 on the game, by the way. Oh, I'm looking at that right now, too. I'm like, wow. That goes to show, you know, look at what happens when we have a healthy Derek White and we have everybody else healthy and playing on this team. They look a little bit better. What was that, DeJounte? 23 and 14, 10, and it was like three quarters, maybe three and a half quarters at that. I mean, the kid would have had like 35 if he played. I mean, and of course he didn't need to, but I mean, he he was money all night long, too. Yeah, and the Spurs, you know, to finally end the game, they shot 15 of 40 from beyond the arc. They were 37.5%, you know, shooting for the game. Okay. You know, I'll take it as long as they they get the dub, which they did. They actually won the game. So I'm going to also look at something here, too, because one of the things that's always, I guess one of the things that I'm always looking for that's always going to stand out is second chance points. That was in favor of the San Antonio Spurs, 19 to 14 compared to OKC. Points in the paint. OKC had 58. San Antonio had 54. Fast break points. San Antonio had 19. OKC had 10. So the Spurs won the fast fast break battle. And you know what? I got to say, one of the things that really stood out at me in yesterday's game was the pace of the game. I wonder if you noticed that as well, Ben. The team just seemed to be going up and down the court really fast. They were just flying up and down the court, which is great. You know, now maybe Coach Pop is telling them, you know what, I'm going to set you guys loose. Go out there and run, you know, because that's what they're going to do best when you have a young core and you have a lot of young legs. You're going to want them to get out in the open court and be athletic and use that speed. So I like what I saw. It's funny you say that. They had had a pace of about 99.1, which estimates the amount of possessions per 48 minutes. So that they were they were moving pretty fast and 99 possession game is is a lot. Uh, I mean they had 96 field goal attempts. Uh, by the way, another stat that I really like out of this game: 32 assists on 47 made field goals. Yeah, so they were sharing the ball. Good, good for them. You know, the ball movement was there. That's another thing that was evident last night. They were moving the ball well. They were moving the ball well around the horn. You know, and I saw some plays there where. DeJounte wasn't giving up. He was going in there. He he had a miss. He got his own rebound and put it back up. You know, so that's good. Your your point guard is battling against the big guys. You know, that's what you want to see out there. But definitely to me, the pace is one of the things that really stood out to me in this game. I hope the pace continues. You know, when Coach Pop becomes methodical and just kind of has them just, you know, gradually going up the court. Let's get into a half court offense kind of thing. Bad things happen. That's when they get in say, trouble. This team does not look good in a half-court offense. No, not at all. That's when bad things happen. But if they can get out in the open court and just, you know, guns ablaze and let them run, shoot it, hey, I like our chances. You know, I like Seven the team's chances. Seven seconds or less, just ride. <laughs> exactly. See what happens. Get out there and just chunk it up from beyond the arc or you see somebody flying to the rim, hell with it. Give them an alley-oop. You know, let's see what they got. But but uh, let's go ahead and ask you, Wesley, what did you notice out of yesterday's uh, win against OKC? Well, San Antonio continues to lead the league in assists, so that's nice. I mean, uh, it's um, that's a cool stat, really. It's kind of a conundrum in some ways because you, you think that they would have a better record. You know, you're leading the literally leading the league in assists. But it, it always kind of comes back to, you know, when the shots fall, when you have high volumes of possessions like we're talking about, you know, you're going to outscore your opponents. The, the real trick with this team is 
is always, is going to be defense. You know, there's nights when they're giving up 120 way too often right now. Um, but it's nice to see them lock in. Nice to see them not make blunders in that third quarter like we've seen of recent games, you know, where they'll squander a lead. Like they did against the Suns, for instance, where the Suns, you know, really were thoroughly outplayed by the Spurs for most of that game until that third quarter and uh, the end of that third quarter and into the fourth. Um, yeah, it was nice. I mean, I thought the three ball going in early was um, – it boosted confidence for the team. You could see the pep in their step was already there and that that helping a bunch. Uh, the aggression, it was nice to see uh, them getting to the line, getting uh, – being aggressive, having a, a – you know, having a plan when you're when you're going to the basket. I, you know, what's bothered me recently when we watch this team is they get into the paint many times and they overpass. You know, we, we I know we like to see that ball go around the horn, but many times they're passing up wide open shots and they're and they're driving into the teeth of a defense. So, um, for instance, I saw Keldon last night do a euro step where he would have bowled somebody over before, and it was kind of like, yeah, Keldon, a little reverse lay in there on the right right hand side of the glass. Just things like that, seeing them learn kind of from some mistakes, kind of kind of seeing some uh, opportunities that can present themselves for them to to uh, continue to to hone in on those items where they're not as strong. And um, yeah, I, I think again, you don't apologize for a win. I don't care what Oklahoma City's record was. Um, it, right now, the Spurs statistically are one of the worst teams in the league, and so that's a team that should should be kind of on your par. And uh, you you whip them, so I I think that's a really solid win all the way around, and you know, good little momentum builder. Yeah. So Ben, what did you uh, see out of this this game against OKC? Anything really stood out at you? Well, for what it's worth, I thought the lineup that OKC put on the floor was not a starting NBA lineup. Uh, that I think that played a role. I mean, Aaron Wiggins was starting for you. <laughs> I saw him play at Maryland. That's not an NBA starter. Okay. I know that. I know that. So that was one. I mean, so that was one good read, not him alone, but as a whole, there are gaps on that roster. And of I'm course, we have some, as we speak, sir. I'm gonna I'm gonna call you out and tweet at him right now that you said that. Great. I hope I hope to God he blows me up. I want so many Maryland hater uh, Twitter followers. That would just make my day. That would make all of my Big Ten tweets make a lot more sense. But I there there are just so many gaps on that roster, and they're also young. Lou Lou Dortz is their most tenured player on that team, or he's he's I should say he's been with the team the longest. He's not the longest tenured player in the league that they have on that team, but he is the longest tenured Thunder player, which is, I think, is three or four seasons, which is not a lot. So that also says something about that team. I mean, they're rebuilding. So that should be a win if you're the Spurs. That's just the reality. And it was a good win. Um, you know, like you said, Wes, leading the league in assists. Actually, they're, they're averaging uh, the second most assists in the league at 27 and a half a game close enough. Um, they're only averaging 13 turnovers, which is fifth in the league. They're actually not fouling a whole lot at seven, a little under 18 a game. And that's second in the league. And the craziest part is they're averaging the 10th most points in the league. <laughs> Their opponents are averaging but they're 23rd in point in, you know, scoring defense. Yeah. They're they're losing they're losing 0.3 points per game when they're out there. 
you know, they, they score 110.6, they give up 110.9. Yeah. So not that's, good. that's why the Spurs have lost a lot of close games. And what, one other thing that for over the course of the season, um, the free throws and the free throw attempts bottom in the league, no oh, free yeah. throw attempts is 29th free throws, free throws made bottom of the league and free throw percentage second to last in the league. And, you can probably chalk up a lot of that to Pirtle because he is an atrocious free throw shooter. But the, like that's, those are the numbers that win you games at the end of the day. Being able to hit your free throws and getting to the free throw line by volume. Yeah, no doubt. Spurs don't do that. So as we look ahead, you know, uh, for the Spurs for the next, I guess, we're going to finish out this week. Tomorrow they have the Nets coming, you know, to the AT&T Center, which is a big game. We're going to welcome back both Patty Mills and Marcus Aldrich, which we're going to get into the discussion of that right here. Mostly Just, Patty. Yeah. And then the Spurs finish out the week by playing the 76ers here at home. And that's going to be on Sunday. Starts at 6 p.m. That game, we know, is not going to end very well. The Spurs might be competitive even with the full roster. There's just, they got no no answer for Joel Embiid. You know, he's just going to wreak havoc inside the paint. That's about all she wrote. That's that's what the 76ers have shown that they are doing to the Spurs every time they meet up. They just <clears throat> pound the ball inside the paint and the Spurs just have no answer for it because the Spurs are just too small, you know? It's sad. It is. It's sad to watch because you know it won't be long now, you know? But that's what they, they the schedule that they have up against them for this coming week. Next week, you're looking at the Spurs are going to go and hit the road and play the Houston Rockets, who they had, who the Houston Rockets actually got the dub over the Spurs the last time they met. So maybe the Spurs can get some revenge, some revenge there <laughs> and get the win over the Houston Rockets in Houston. We'll see what happens and what team shows up for that particular game. Then the Spurs on a Wednesday are going to face the Memphis Grizzlies here at the AT&T Center. Memphis. Yep. Then they go ahead and play the Chicago Bulls here at the AT&T Center, which is going to be the return of one, DeMar DeRozan. To finish out next week, they're going to go ahead and play against the Phoenix Suns, and they're going to be playing them in their arena on the road at 7 p.m. I By the way, no Lonzo Ball in that Bulls game. Ah. Hmm. I don't know if it makes that much of a difference, but we'll see. Probably not, but it might. But Have some hope, fellas. Yeah. that You look at the schedule, and you're like, okay, this is going to— be a good little test for this young Spurs squad. See if they can string together some wins against some pretty good teams. You know, they should on paper beat the Rockets, but they should have beat the Rockets when they played them here just recently at home and they didn't. So hopefully they show up. Yeah, hopefully they show up, but they were with a depleted squad as well to the Spurs credit. You know, they didn't have a full squad. A lot of players were out due to the uh, NBA's health and safety protocols due to the COVID, you know, 19 and all that. So hopefully the Spurs have a better showing. What say you, Ben? Do you think the Spurs are going to be able to string together some wins against some of these teams, or it's not going to look good? I think they'll string together a couple. There's going to be there's going to be a game against one of these lesser teams where they just they lose focus. The defense is going to be bad. I'm guaranteeing they give up 120 or more to the 76ers oh, and yeah. probably the Suns again. Um, they just and they basically they've won a single game when giving up 120. So you're basically guaranteed a loss if they give up that many points. But I think against a Rockets team, 
they should have a good opportunity. Bulls is tough. Bulls have played up and down at times. They've th- there are times when the Bulls look like world beaters, and then they they had two games a week or so ago where they lost by a combined sixty plus points. I think. I mean, they were bad. So it might depend on what Bulls you get uh, in that game. But there are some winnable games here. I don't know if the Spurs will actually win them, but they should have opportunities. There you go. They'll have opportunities. Wesley, what do you think? What do you say you? What say you? The Spurs have six games here. You know, they have two games to go ahead and close out the week, which is going to be tomorrow against the Nets and the Sixers on Sunday. Then against, you know, the Rockets, the Grizzlies, the Bulls, and the Suns to end next week. What do you think? Well, back in the back in the uh, end of November and December, they, there was the Spurs would won like ten out of sixteen games, and they were at full strength. Um, I know that it's hard to think this, and we want them to win a whole bunch right now. But like I, like you both had said, they're they're now at full strength again, and um, I I actually think that this team, being a young team as they are, I, I have a feeling they're going to win some games against some of these good opponents. I'm I'm going to just make my call. I think they beat the Nets. They, the Nets come in without KD. Um, I, they took them to overtime there in Brooklyn. I think they have, they feel like they let one slip away. I, I wouldn't be surprised at all to see the Spurs win that game. So you don't think um, Patty's going to go off on the Spurs for thirty plus points? It's happening. You know, he might, but it's happening. I don't know. I mean, I I think I think Lamarcus who just had a pretty darn good game here recently. I think he might actually do that more than Patty. But um, no, nope. I, I think they beat the Nets. I think that you know, honestly, I I, I could see them. Um, you know, losing to Houston just because Houston has just given it to the Spurs, you know, in every form and fashion, you know, in the past few years. And I just feel like that's a young squad that feels like they want to prove that they're one of the better teams in our own state. And they, you know, the Spurs have always been one of the, one of the big stable franchises. So they're, they're a young team that has nothing to lose, you know, and for whatever reason, the Spurs just don't play Houston well. Um, I, wow, I think thanks they, for making everybody upset, Wesley. Thank you. Thank you. I so know much. I can't help it. Um, but they play up to the level and they play down to the level. That's that's our Spurs right now. Um, so I, I do think that they they beat like a New Jersey. Uh, you know what? I'm gonna y'all are gonna think I'm a crazy. Uh, you know, you already think I'm crazy. I, I think the Spurs are gonna beat Philly. Here we go. Honestly, oh my um, God. this. Guy. I think that's why they got. I think that's why they got Hernan Gomez. So they can have another body to foul out against Embiid. Let's go. <laughs> no, uh, again, I I don't know. I mean, I, yeah, I'd love to say that they'd win that, but I could see them winning two really good games against two really good opponents. Whether it's the Bulls, whether it's the the Sixers, whether it's the the Nets, um, they're going to get obliterated at, at the Suns, and they're going to get uh, beat at the Houston Rockets. So um, I could see them winning, you know, at max about three of these games. Um, and Memphis is going to tear us apart. So I think they go probably three and three out of the six. Um, it's going to be exciting to see Patty come come back to town. He's going to get a big ovation. LaMarcus will be interesting. He'll probably get a good ovation too, but I think Patty's going to be the bigger ovation of the two. Yeah, I'm not seeing your your optimism here, Wes. Uh, I really, on, honestly, I think the Spurs are going to wind up losing four of these games. I think the only games that they might have a, have a chance at winning might be the Rockets, and I could see them putting up a fight against the Bulls. I don't know if they'll win or not. It just depends on how well they execute down the stretch, especially during that third quarter. Third and fourth quarters, especially the third quarter, is the deal killer there. Notoriously, if they're going to win a game, they're going to come out and they're going to have a decent third quarter. If they're going to lose, they're going to shit the bed in the third quarter. That's usually what happens. They come out after the half and it's just, oh, they go through another 
you know, five to six minutes where they can't buy a shot. And what happens? The opposing team just runs up, you know, and scores scores a ton of buckets on them before the Spurs know it. They blink. They're down by 23 or they're down by 30. Now, but that's pretty much all she wrote. This team isn't uh, designed to come back from huge deficits like that. While they can flirt with them, I just don't think they have the personnel nor the experience in place to actually come back from deficits, you know, uh, of double digits like that. So we'll They're have not to consistent, see. but again, look look at what they did to the Warriors on the road. Look at what they did to Milwaukee on the road. Look what they did and how they hung with the Nets on the road. I, I think they play better against the better opponents, and I just think that when they when they play the 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 lesser opponents, they they let up. They don't give the same effort. That's part of an inconsistent squad. Yeah. So. I think Ben's probably going to be in the same uh, ballpark as me. He's he's not thinking very much of this schedule. You know, maybe no, two at the most. Fan. Maybe two, right, Ben? <laughs> maybe I would say maybe two. And, maybe. And frankly, I wish it was less because your boy wants to be writing about a top five uh, draft pick. So give me that. You're all about that the lottery balls there and where they fall. And if the Spurs continue on the current trajectory that they're on, they're almost guaranteeing themselves a top five pick. You know, need that need that they need that definitely need yep. that and ben's got some guys that he's got some eyes on i got the dudes <laughs> the dudes. he's got a healthy plethora of picks in tow there so as we start bringing this show to an end we're going to go ahead and talk about something that wesley had brought up and i had tweeted about this uh, yesterday after the game what do you think the reception is going to be when we have one lamarcus aldridge and patty mills calling you know, coming back home to the AT&T Center, you think the fans are going to jump up and give both a standing ovation or you think they're going to clap louder for Patty? And of course, they're going to have the video tributes, no doubt, showing up there on the Jumbotron for everyone to see. What do you think, Ben? What are your thoughts? Guarantee. Guarantee lock of the century. Patty Mills is getting more applause than LaMarcus Aldridge. LaMarcus Aldridge might even get some booze, to be honest with you. Um, Because... Fans are harsh. There you go. I think he. I think both might actually have a good reception. I, I think we might hear a couple boos from some disgruntled fans here and there. But again, you'd have to have a lot of fans in the stands for that to happen. I don't know if that's going to happen or not. You might have a lot of Nets fans there in the stands, and they might be the ones, you know, giving a standing ovation These to one party. <laughs> Wesley, what do you think? Well, I was at the Utah game with Rudy Gay getting uh, his homecoming, and, and it was a it was a very cool reception. Rudy was very thankful. I mean, that was that was really awesome. Um, Patty, you know, Patty was a, a championship player for the Spurs. He's going to get a huge ovation. He deserves that. I mean, he's he's stuck with that team through thick and thin. Um, if I could talk to Spurs fans and I had a chance to say something to them prior to this game, it would be stand up off your feet and cheer for Lamarcus Aldridge. Because the guy had every opportunity to leave this franchise, he had every opportunity to to not re-sign with them. Um, he chose to, you know, and uh, we can say all the things he wasn't, and whether he was adequate, whether he lived up to his billing, or whatever the case may be. But I mean, the guy gave us his all. Um, there's no doubt about that, and he, I think he deserves our respect. And uh, at the end of the day, you know. It's not his fault that Kawhi Leonard went to went to go play hide and seek in New York City. So the deuce. Um, let, let's get hide both these players in love. Seek in New York City. Bold, sir. I love it. Well, love speaking it. of Kawhi, Doug McDermott said, 
uh, and I saw it on Twitter oh, that the Spurs, go. here we go, the Spurs training staff are amongst the tops in the league. In his opinion, I'm so sure they are. That has to make you wonder. Hmm. <laughs> You know, you know, I, it really doesn't. We could just let it go and be done with it and say, all right, whatever. Kawhi is Kawhi. There's no figuring him out. He's an enigma. He's mercurial. We're done. Well, I'm over it either way. I, don't, I really don't give but a damn. Spurs fans love to talk, man. They yeah. love the, despite the fact that they don't like drama, they say they don't like drama. They watch The Bachelor. They watch The Bachelorette. They love the drama. Guaranteed. Well, it was- for me, it was less than that. You know, I, I have a good friend of mine who's damn near family for me, and uh, he had he had uh, some procedures done by Doctor David Schmidt, the Spurs doctor, at the, and uh, the guy is. I mean, he's amazing. Uh, you know what what he does for, you know, is just amazing. And so anybody would say like, you know, the training staff and the doctors are not worthwhile. It's like, you are smoking crack. Um, sorry about you, and and to to put that bug out there, to, you know, to where it hurts the franchise going forward. Yeah, I got no time for that. He's just, he's the deuce. I can't forgive him. I won't forgive him. He's the deuce. <laughs> Classic. He's going to, you don't want to go to uh, take Wesley to one of the games where Kawhi's playing. He's going to be that guy. <laughs> that guy. <laughs> that would, that would guy require Kawhi, Kawhi to Kawhi actually Leonard. play. <laughs> yeah. I'm the guy that has the Kawhi, yeah, exactly. But I'm the guy that still has the Kawhi Leonard shirt in my, and I, I put that one and a two on there. And wrote oh, the team Aldridge <laughs> on it instead. Uh, oh boy! So we're gonna I, go I ahead. Can and, hold it okay, so we're gonna go ahead and bring the show to an end here. Thank but you. as we do, <laughs> that way we can let Ben get some rest and he can <laughs> go ahead and laugh at that horrid take that you just gave of Kawhi uh, Wesley <laughs> off, off screen. <laughs> but as we bring the show to a close, Ben, where can they follow you on the twitters? On the twitters at the underscore Boomstein. College basketball, NBA, college football, NFL, whatever. Hit me, at me, tag me. Let's do it. There you go. Make sure you do follow Benjamin Bornstein. He has some good stuff, especially when it comes to NBA draft prospects and NCAA basketball because March Madness is coming up soon and Ben's going to be all for it. So you you want to know anything that's going on in the world of March Madness, you follow my my boy over here, Benjamin Bornstein. Also, Sweet 16, Elite Eight. I'm in San Antonio, so tweet at me in San Antonio. Meet up and throw your volleys at me in person. Yeah, we're going to do some day drinking. Yep. Damn right, Ben. (laughs) I'm ready. (laughs) And Wesley, where can they follow you on Twitter? At Wesley Perk. Yeah, I need to officially change my name to Red Raider Wes, just by the way. Oh, no. my Red Raiders continue to beat top 15 opponents. Uh, so li- loving some college basketball. I would love it no anyway, even if it wasn't great. But um, but nonetheless, I did find this kind of funny. And I don't know if y'all had heard this. You know, I, I know I talk a lot of tech crap all the time. But um, tech, the, the, some of the tech sites found out the ticketing information for UT proper um, for the, the, the University of Texas versus Texas Tech game on February the 19th. And in two hours, they sold out the Irwin Center. They're they're planning a red out in the Irwin yeah. Center to make it a home game for that's tech. a baller move. <laughs> so, UT fan, get ready. The next three good weeks, on four weeks, good on you, be Texas Tech fun. fans. That's incredible. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, no, love talking college uh, basketball. Uh, 
it's still love, loving the NFL. I'm going to give a, a real quick bold take. Um, I think the 49ers win this weekend, and we're going to no, see the 49ers versus God. the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in the NFC Championship. Please, no. Please. 49ers are not going to win, Wesley. They're, they're fool's gold. <laughs> they beat the Cowboys, which are not a very good team, you know. So there you have it. I think it's going to be, you know, Tom Brady going to be in the Super Bowl <laughs> facing somebody oh, else. <laughs> Some other team, you know. I, I don't know if Green Bay will make it, dude. I'm going to be quite perfectly honest with you. I, I don't see them being able to, to get back to the promised land. I hope they don't. I don't care for Aaron, Rand- Aaron Rodgers too much, you know, or the Green Bay Packers because Dez caught the damn ball. That's why. Dez <laughs> caught the ball. <laughs> so I'm still salty about that. Well, you can also follow me at Two Shots Podcast on, on Twitter. And it's all spelled out. T-W-O, Two Shots Podcast. So. That's about all the time we have for today's episode of the Two Shots Podcast. So for Benjamin Bornstein and Wesley Perkins, I'm Joe Garcia. And thank you guys for listening and watching another episode of the Two Shots Podcast. Like we always say, spread the love, stop the hate, be kind, we're out, peace.